Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for those leading in the Church of God. I'm Andrew Cook and it's good to be together again. The work of the Holy Spirit, the Christian Basic series, continues. In our last two programmes here on Serving Today, we've been considering some of the Bible's teaching about the Holy Spirit. We've seen he's a real person and also that he's God. Well, this time we're going to begin thinking about his work. This is far-reaching, of course, but in this programme we're going to limit ourselves to the Holy Spirit's work in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ and the plan of salvation. Dr John Hall is helping us again, and when Derek French spoke with John for us, he asked if he would explain what the Bible has to teach us about this. The sequence is this. God the Father plans, God the Son carries out the plan. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again. The Spirit then applies the work of Christ. Yet we need to be careful not to separate them too much because God is one and each person of the Godhead is involved in the other's activity. For instance, in creation, Father, Son and Spirit are all involved. There's an interpenetration of role. You can also see this related to the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8 where the Spirit is referred to and then the Spirit of God living in them, the Spirit of Christ, Christ himself in them, the Spirit living in them, all three persons involved in the indwelling. You find that too in John 14. But Derek's going to read to us now from Romans 8, 9 to 11 to show how the Spirit is related to the Father and the Son. Paul writes to believers, he says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who rose Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. And so we see there that the Spirit living in us is equivalent to Christ living in us. Christ lives in us by his Spirit. It's a marvellous ministry that we enjoy as believers, isn't it? It is indeed. John, can we turn our attention now in some detail, really, to the work which the Holy Spirit does? And perhaps we could begin really with the first reference to him in the Bible, which is in connection, of course, with the work of creation. How is this described and and what did he do at creation? Well, right at the beginning of the Bible, as you said, Derek, the Holy Spirit is involved in the creation of the universe. In Genesis 1, 2 and 3, he is described as hovering over the waters. The Bible says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. With the Father and the Son, he was involved in creating the universe. John, another important area of the Spirit's work is that of 
communicating God's truth to men. Could you describe that for us? Yes, Derek. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the author of the scriptures. They are God's breathed out word. You remember uh, from earlier studies what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16, which Derek's now going to read to us. From infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. The word for spirit is the same as for wind or breath. And so the picture here in Timothy is a God-breathed word. That's what the scriptures are. You may think, didn't men write down the words? And yes, they did. And the Apostle Peter puts the two elements together, the Spirit's work and the human work, showing us how we get the scripture, the divine and the human. And, and Derek's going to read that to us now from 2 Peter 1, 19 to 21. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now notice that. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like the wind in the sails of a man's mind. The Holy Spirit, in a man, showed him what to say and guaranteed the truthfulness of what he said and wrote. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples in order to lead them into truth and to teach them the truth, as it says in John 14 and verse 26, where Jesus says, But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Counselor, the Comforter, the Paraclete is the name the Lord Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit and he is to come alongside the disciples and teach them and remind them of all the things that Jesus had said to them through his three years of ministry. And they eventually wrote down this teaching in the Gospels and the Epistles, either themselves or people closely associated with them. I wonder now, Derek, if you could read two more of the promises in the same talk in John's Gospel, in John 15, 26, and John 16, 13 and 14. When the Counselor comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Those are words that Jesus spoke. Mm. And then in John 16, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. It's a lovely ministry, isn't it, of helping them? It is indeed to reveal Christ to us. The Holy Spirit the exciting thing about him is that he's the spirit of truth. He only speaks the truth and he bears witness to and testifies about Jesus. He guides the disciples into all truth, revealing the future. And we see that especially in the book of the Revelation at the end of the New Testament. He takes what is Christ's and makes it known. 
He does this especially for the disciples. And so we Christians now have that solid truth, the New Testament, the Word of God. But also, as we read the New Testament, we still need the Holy Spirit to help us understand the truth about Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit too to enable us to believe what we see and so that we can truly trust in the Lord Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. You know, Derek, once when I was doing this particular study on the Holy Spirit with a group of people in my home, a young man came for the first time, never been to church before, our church before, and he came to this study on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit showed him God's truth. And he believed in Jesus there and then in my front room and was saved. He's still going on with the Lord, yes. Mm -hmm. And so, listener, even though it may seem rather complex, this teaching about the Holy Spirit, his work is to convince you of the truth. And so, as you listen to these programs, has the Holy Spirit guided you into all truth? Has he guided you to the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour? If he hasn't, why not come to the Lord Jesus now, whom the Holy Spirit reveals? It just struck me there too, John, as you were speaking about the Spirit's work, how precious the Bible then is, because it's no ordinary book, is it? It's one that, that he is actually inspired and... And is using to bring his elect to himself, to bring sinners to faith in Christ. When that young man came, I thought, well, it's a most unsuitable study to be the introduction to his contact with the Christian faith. And yet God was able to use that study to convince him that God was real, which is what was the the crux of his question. And because God was real, then he could believe his word because it was true and trust in Christ. And that's what he did. Yeah, the the Lord's ways are, well, they're wonderful and they're they're much higher than ours, aren't they? They It is marvellous. John, just one other question at this point. What does the Bible say is the chief work that the Holy Spirit does? We've seen his work in creation, in revealing truth and so on, but what is his main work, would you say? Well, Derek, this is revision, but it's important and therefore it's worth repeating. The chief work is to reveal Jesus to us, to show us the truth about Jesus as Saviour and Lord, to show each one of us how Jesus is the way to God, how Jesus alone is God's truth, how he alone can give us sinners eternal life. Now in these days where there's much emphasis on experience and attention is drawn to the Holy Spirit himself by preachers, we need particularly to remember that the Spirit's work is to point to Christ. So if our understanding of the Holy Spirit does not do that, it's not the Holy Spirit who is teaching us or speaking to us. Listen again to some verses from John 16. Derek's just going to read verse 15 to us this time, but in your Bibles you can read 13 to 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. It's very clear there, isn't it? It is indeed. And so we need to be sure that the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. And if he is doing that, then he will bring us constantly as unbelievers or believers to the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be constantly that Christ is illuminated and we are challenged to follow him and trust him. John, how then was and is the Holy Spirit involved in the work which the Lord Jesus Christ himself accomplished? He's involved extensively, Derek. We see him involved 
in Jesus' birth, his baptism, his life, his death and his resurrection. And we're just going to look at two references to illustrate that, one from his birth and one from his baptism. Derek's just going to read to us from Luke 1, verse 35, where the Holy Spirit is involved in the conception of Christ, creating in her the Lord Jesus. And the angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then further on in his life, at his baptism, when he starts out in his ministry as an adult, in Matthew 3.16, the Holy Spirit descends on the Lord Jesus as a dove. And Derek's going to read that from Matthew 3 and verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And you can also look up in your Bibles it's, it's regarding his work in his ministry. He had the Spirit without measure. It was through the eternal spirit that he offered himself up and it was through the spirit that he was raised and declared to be the son of God. Next time here on Serving Today we'll begin a more detailed look at the spirit's work in the believer. So until then this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God bless you. Well thanks for listening to Serving Today a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.